0: Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. Over half of the world's society is connected to the internet, but imagine what a fully connected world would look like. Already, e-commerce among the 55.1% of the world connected accounts for 90% of global commerce. As a result, a whole new wave of online entrepreneurs have set out into the virtual world to solve society's problems and have found their niche markets, even if on the other side of the world. Digital courses and online education opportunities have proliferated over the past 10 years, such that anyone with a 4G, 5G network access could earn a degree in higher education without ever stepping foot on a university campus. Further, digital health information and alerts to potential health threats serves to keep our communities healthier and more resilient to the spread of insecticus diseases like Ebola. In my interview with Huan Zhao, the Secretary General of the International Telecommunications Union, we explore what current and future benefits exist for our global society to adapt to and to adopt new 4IR Fourth Industrial Revolution technologies available in the Global Online Network. We also discussed the importance in ensuring that everyone in the future, the other 50% of the world, is connected to the World Wide Web as well. Why? Local SMEs and entrepreneurs are the most incentivized and the best innovative forces to solve local problems. So the more people, especially in poorer countries, that we empower with access to the internet to become educated, to take care of their personal health, and even to grow a business, the more prosperous and peaceful our world will become. This is the work and core mission of the ICT community, and the ITU is there to support all partners and stakeholders in this mission. Let's hear what Mr. Zhao has to say further about the importance of ITU and its work in the world today. We're talking to Huan Zhao, who is the Secretary General of the International Telecommunication Union. Welcome. Thank you. ITU, just for our listeners, is the United Nations Specialized Agency for Information and Communication Technologies. It currently has a membership of 193 countries and almost 800 private sector entities and academic institutions, so quite a wide-ranging, almost ubiquitous organization. And what then the ITU does with its member partners is allocate global radio spectrum and satellite orbits and also to develop the technological standards that ensure the networks and technologies are seamlessly connected. So you are all about integrating our world in a technological way through your communication network. And I just read that as of June 2018, 55.1% of the world's population has internet access. And my question is, with such a tremendous tool for exchange of knowledge and information, open source technology, digital services, can you paint us a picture of what a fully connected world would look like? Last year, I p-
1: attended a meeting organized by WTO, World Trade Organization. So they are very proud about you know, the new services like e-commerce, e-trade. And we talked a lot about ICT to facilitate this modern world with these important uh, ecosystems, you know, trade uh, and uh, commerce. We're talking about ICT to assist your business, e-commerce, e-trade. We're still talking about I C T benefit to those people connected. And up to now we consider that still more than fifty percent not connected yet. Just imagine if we connect all those not connected yet by I C T and let these people also use e commerce e-trade, what a situation will be in, <laughs> you know, that is wonderful for everybody. Uh, of course, this is a big challenge, you know. We still have to bear in mind that to have 50% of the population connected is a wonderful achievement. But to put the next 50% people online is a big challenge because the second 50% stays in the poor area, remote area. Not much profit for them to give return to those investments, to that uh, area. So to connect these people, you know, we need to make more efforts and we need to have a different you know, mindset and you know, a mm-hmm. different working method. It may not be the same as we have done so far, but still, it's our task to connect these people. Mm-hmm. And that the IT put this mm-hmm. as one of its priorities, to connect people, not connect yet. We are not talking about that we, for example, for those connected people, we already give them 4G, 5G, and a more advanced high-speed internet connection, and then for those people still in the remote area not connected yet, we give them low-speed uh, connections or you know 2G. This kind, of, no. And we should uh, make ICT beneficial to everybody in the future. Right. Yeah. So this is a great uh, challenge to us. And of course, those people are still poor today. Could become richer very very quickly right. with the uh, good uh, uh, ICT connections. You know, we have a lot of uh, successful stories in the countryside, remote right. area. Those people can now use the web to sell their products and to largely improve their living conditions.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you think that a lot of business entrepreneurship starts locally, then it would potentially in the long term be a positive economic benefit to those that invested in lower atmospheric satellites so that these countries and areas could be... And this
1: kind of situation could not be really successfully improved if we do not engage local SMEs, small, medium-sized entrepreneurs and startups. Because big companies can can develop a global strategy, they can develop a global technology, they can develop a very advanced business model to, to go to everywhere. But still, to bring this benefit to the local community, you need a local application. You need a look at content, need a look at solutions. And these look solutions, looker applications are mainly developed by our looker experts. They know technology, they know the looker challenge, they know opportunities. They will try their best to use the new technologies to provide their solutions to connect mm-hmm. the looker community. And in some countries like Bangladesh, uh, India, you know, I, I met a few entrepreneurs Young entrepreneurs, very talented. But uh, I appreciate very much their efforts. They targeted the countryside where they came from. They tried to help people there right. and use the new technology. So that was, uh, I think, that is really something we should not forget. We should not just count on the big guys to help us to improve this situation. Again, I very much like to promote that uh, engagement of uh, local SMEs. Local startups, it's absolutely critical for the global family to try their best to you know, So infra- with
0: infrastructure them. locally from the ground up is essentially what you're wanting to promote yeah, in yeah. order to empower these entrepreneurs exactly. to then have yeah. a greater connectivity in a larger region and yeah. then maybe slowly scale, yeah. scale. Yeah. If they have a brilliant idea that works in one community or village, Chances are, it would work in another community village. Exactly, that. Exactly. Living under and uh, the same
1: nowadays, condition. for these uh, young people who may not be lucky to go to big cities to follow the university studies, cannot go to advanced countries, developed countries to learn the latest technologies, but the internet offers them opportunities.
0: Absolutely. Educational
1: uh, opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also mm-hmm. encourage to have e-education and uh, all these uh, connecting schools, you know, that give people in the rural area, remote area, uh, a lot of opportunity to learn. And uh, these uh, young people very eager to do something. I, recently, I was in Lesotho, and this is a uh, relatively small country in south part of uh, Africa. Uh, not a big population, but uh, still uh, in the capital, you have uh, advanced uh, ICD technologies. But I also went to the countryside, the mountain area. The primary school, children, nobody used the mobile phone. And the teacher told me that they never, they never touched the most. Really? And then I, I visited one of the secondary school where... Uh, I met uh, 160 students. I asked them what they like to do. And they told me that most of them said we like to become a teacher. Uh, but uh, some of them told me some good. So, which me, means they
0: love learning, which means that yeah. if you gave them yeah. access yeah. to the yeah. knowledge.
1: Yeah, and that then you know, that they said they like to become uh, computer experts. Really? And someone told me they like to become a pilot. So, wow. this isolated area, the children can walk kilometers to the to the school, and there is, for the time being, still no internet
0: connection. So they have the dreams, they have the they aspirations. Have yeah, yeah. They, they have So they the intelligence. Yeah, that yeah. this
1: And what? these people, you know, if we World give them opportunities, they will right. help us to improve their local community situations much quicker than the others. And the teachers are, it's great. The teachers, most of Fantastic. them are not the local teachers. They are mm-hmm. coming from another province, from big cities. But teachers are also passionate to have the children there. I fully convinced that, you know, impressed. The young generation eager to learn new technologies, eager to learn the new ideas. If we offer them opportunities, they will help us a lot.
0: Well, that's it. Then they become a value proposition to their local communities and to the larger society. ITU,
1: as a United Nations Specialized Agency, we enjoyed our history of 153 years. IT was created in 1865 in Europe by 20 European states. We started from the very beginning to develop global standards. Then it was standard for telegraph, then later on, telephone, you know, data communications, satellite broadcasting, television, all these kind of things. Nowadays, we are working with industries to look at Internet of Things, you know, cloud computing, big data, you name it, and artificial intelligence come to our also, agenda as well. So,
0: so, inclusivity is really an important feature of ITU's work and yeah. purpose in the world. Yeah, yeah, And I know that the issues of the environment and of humanity are really important to you, as you were such the visionary that decided a few years ago to host the first global good summit for artificial intelligence yeah. at ITU with your partners. You said you introduced industry partners, a number of UN organizations, but this was also co hosted with XPRIZE. It's initiated by them. I was initiated by yeah, them. They yeah. came to you. Yes,
1: ITU was approached by XPRIZE and the other, you know, industries to organize this uh, AI for good summit. They could organize that in New York. They could right. organize the United States. They are American companies, but they consider that the ITU as a specialized agency for ICT. Uh, that could be even better to organize. Uh, Together with uh, ITU, so they came to ITU to ask us to see if we could co-organize this one.
0: So we are we are very pleased. So well, you're the, really at the nexus of this public-private partnerships and relationships. I, I shared this uh,
1: message with uh, Secretary General Guterres, United Nations, that uh, mm-hmm. ITU was approached by American industry to organize this AI for Good uh, Summit.
0: And it's been very successful. It continues successful. to grow very. every year. And the year. first
1: year we organized uh, this event in Geneva, we got uh, already 20 UN agencies joining us. At last year, was 32. And then really? the s- five uh, head of UN agencies come to wow. join me at the opening for each of these two.
0: So let's just let our audience in on what this summit was all about, because it was an absolutely extraordinary constellation of industry leaders and... Yes. UN uh, leadership there. At this summit, the focus was really to define, to discuss how artificial intelligence and machine learning could be used to serve society and specifically how it could be used to help respond to a number of the UN sustainable development goals.
1: Just to so. give you a good example, this year we already had our first meeting of mm-hmm. a joint group between ITU and WHO. focus group we established, we called AI for Health. Uh, this is the first focus expert group. We organized the uh, mm-hmm. meetings very, uh, just last week in wow. Lausanne.
0: So the technology is evolving fast, but it sounds like the partnerships are as well. Yes, yes, we and have the to. The vision we have to to but apply uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And we we Cynopause. got uh,
1: not only the good uh, startup between ITU and uh, WHO, mm-hmm. it's another young agency, but yes. we had the very WHO inc- World Health Organization. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. But they're strongly passionate by our industry experts. Yeah, they have considered this is great. So that we we are very pleased. First project. You know. Well,
0: congratulations on yeah, this. thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are looking for a good result. <laughs> excellent. Well, we'll expect that in the next few weeks. It sounds the pace that you're moving so and fast. And you know
1: that when we had uh, Ebola uh, in Africa, uh, ITU also closely worked with WHO and with our operators in you know the continent to try to develop you know toolkit you know to help people to. Get the latest information. How can you prevent uh, yourself uh, from these diseases? uh, When you had uh, this kind of thing, what you should do? So this kind of pragmatic, uh, useful information we distributed use uh, mobile. So in a crisis situation as well, to help deploy
0: information and then also identify where the outbreaks are. If you can do that faster, you're able to. That is the reason why the uh, former impact the disease.
1: Uh, Director General uh, Margaret Chang mm-hmm. you know, came to our first meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, that is why the second uh, Director General Tedros also came mm-hmm. to our meeting. And that, uh, you know, they all consider that uh, this is a very important uh, cooperation and a uh, very important uh, plan for their future. Yeah.
0: Well, to avert crises and to prevent health risks in urban environments, if we have, if we're looking at eighty percent of our global population by two thousand fifty living in the urban environment, then we have to think proactively about how we can prevent disease, how we can sense the environment so we're uh, able to respond with air quality, water quality. Maybe you could just talk for a moment also about how you're using artificial intelligence machine learning to help develop smart, connected cities and uh, the whole censoring system for the environment... E-waste, I know that was another yeah. issue you wanted to discuss. Yeah.
1: Smart cities uh, already put on our agenda of priorities for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we even established uh, uh, expert group to study this uh, Internet of Things and smart cities. We developed uh, some criteria in the KPI to... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, give people some kind of ideas uh, by which criteria you meet uh, that uh, expectations, then you know we can consider you are qualified uh, as a smart city. Smart citizen. city. So yeah. KPI, KPI, Key
0: Performance Indicators. Yes, yes, right, yes. so criteria yeah, for... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, too, uh, worked with industry, developed some uh, recommendations. Now, 2016, mm-hmm. when the former uh, DG of uh, WHO invited me to join her for uh, their health promotion conference, we found that there is also opportunities to associate a smart city with health. Because if a <laughs> smart city, we talked a lot about high-tech in you know, like uh, driving, that, right? Uh, the autonomous the, driving. Autonomous driving. Right. You talked about uh, intelligent uh, uh, transport system for the cities. Right. You Brilliant. talked about this kind of uh, good uh, education systems in the cities, and uh, you you talked about remote uh, collecting data. You know to provide uh, efficiency for the government uh, to manage their public uh, goods all these kind of things. At uh, then you know, <laughs> what health? So consider that uh, we have to add the touch of health, uh, so that if uh, you don't have a uh, uh, on the on the agenda that uh, smart city is is not uh, completed. So we agreed. So we signed agreement with WHO in 2016, and UN appetite to promote this uh, smart hair uh, city uh, agenda. Of course, when you talked about smart city. In the media, they talked a lot about uh, technologies, about uh, this, uh, in particular autonomous uh, driving Mm -hmm. and uh, intelligent uh, transport systems. Mm -hmm. They talked a lot about that, but it's not uh, only limited to this. And uh, for example, you know, intelligent uh, transport system give you opportunities to avoid the traffic jams, try right, to you know reduce the traffic accident you know right. this uh, of course that is quite important, but the smart city is the population there it's the government there how can you manage smart government smart governance
0: so now our smart cities are connected they're healthy they yeah. have good governance yeah yeah they operate efficiently yeah and yeah. Hopefully, they also care for the natural environment within the city. You know, IT also
1: initiated a project for e-west. Some statistics show that we have around 50 million tons of e waste And up to now, it's only 10% of the recycling of this e-west.
0: Fifteen million. million? Five,
1: Five-zero million tons per year. Per year. And if you look at the value of this e-waste, someone said it's about 68 billion U.S. dollars.
0: 68 billion, billion. U.S. dollars. Yeah. That's, just that's a, just waste. That's waste. And you only are using. We're only circulating 10% of that. 10% hat-
1: up to now. This is but about uh, recycling of the matter. But you, if you look at uh, the other issues like uh, battery leakage of this kind of uh, damaging our uh, environment, uh, that is another another considerations. You know that uh, it's
0: quite uh, quite important. So ITU is doing a lot of work. Which way? On no. the ground on these different issues. And I know also personally for you ethics is such an important. Yes. Narrative. Can you tell us about the role ITU could play in In developing ethical standards for AI, since you do have this public, yeah. yeah. When we talked
1: about uh, this uh, artificial intelligence, and of course, uh, at our first uh, summit, they already mentioned these kind of uh, issues like uh, technology development. They talked about the ethics code. They talked about the regulations. They talked about the social development plans. But we definitely agree with that. If the artificial intelligence is used by bad attention, uh, that will be terrible for us. But also, even you may not, uh, those developers may not have that kind of, for example, drones. And then, you know... The drones. Uh, drones yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, ITU already worked on this for almost 10 years. You know that uh, Because the drones need a spectrum. Spectrum is managed by ITU, so that uh, from early time, the experts already come to us, and we have to pay attention to their development. And drones could be used very easily. For example, four years ago, when I was in Washington DC, that Amazon told me that in the future, to deliver the goods to the customers, instead of <laughs> men on the street, they could use drones. Much easier. Oh, but then possible. drones, we know mm-hmm. that can be used a weapon. Yes. So that, uh, you know, <laughs> how can you define the, the boundary, you know, between this, you know, weapon use and the others as uh, the severe use, you know, that uh, we, we found that this is an issue. Um, well, what role for, could for I, what ITU you play? I, I, what I role told, could you play? Uh, told my experts, my colleagues, that uh, industry came to ITU to organize this AI for Good Summit. W- why they came to ITU? Mm-hmm. Because they consider that uh, for a next step development, industry need support from public authority. They need cooperation from public authority. So they trust us. They come to ask for some kind of coordination. So like we that. have to be careful because for the AI development, as the public authority may not be strong as our industry to understand what happened, mm-hmm. what will happen next. So that if we hurry up to go to this kind of early engagement of ethics code, I think it will not work. We have to show our industry the good image that we are their allies, we are their friends, we are their partners, we are not their enemies. So if we lost the confidence from industry of course, we will not come to us. That is the reason why I was so excited to tell the Secretary General of the United Nations that we are very pleased to be invited by industry to organize this. But we have to be careful. Right. We should not hurry up to make a lot of uh, regulations, uh, you know, make a lot of ethics. You can do this, you can do that, you shouldn't do
0: that. Why? Those, uh, Why should we not hurry up? Because
1: these people who things. develop AI, they are human beings like us. They are human beings, they know.
0: Uh,
1: when they come to the market, they need uh, to see their business. And the business is not to kill people. So this mm-hmm. uh, already in their mind. This normal people as well, like right. us. So, so allow uh,
0: the industry to innovate for some time. Yes, yes, really yes. work out uh, where the my opportunities opinion, are.
1: In my opinion, today they are in the early stage of development. It's not that kind of you know, mature. Well, uh,
0: how how can the World Economic Forum be part of this conversation that you're having with industry partners and or public? To some and extent,
1: private uh, and we already book partly book engaged book. with them because uh, you know, Professor Schwab, you know, Invited me to join him for several internal... The internal means is mm-hmm. not uh, open to the uh, wide public. It's a very small group of uh, experts or so-called leaders. And uh, I joined uh, him several times for the fourth uh, industrial revolution and uh, globalization 4.0 right. discussions. He prepared uh, some concept papers. We are very pleased Fabulous. to be invited by him. I, I noted that uh, Professor Schwab very much appreciated the rules the technology played. And yes. in all these papers, you will see that. the And the technologies, the ICT technology is one of the major technologies we talked about. And the, here, you know, that uh, to recognize the role of ICT in the force industrial lossing is already something great. Right. So we are very pleased to be part. So we already engage with them. And to and some extent uh, some of these uh, sessions, you know, we whenever we have chance to talk, you know, that we try to also to cooperate with WAF uh, WEF to look at this issue. And we need regulation. Mm. Because if you should have market, you need a regulation. You don't I have a market, you don't care about the regulation. Right. You need a regulation to support innovation, to you know protect those investments, you know, that mm. is it's market rule. So, when the that will come, right. my opinion is uh, we have to uh, work with industry. If industry asks us to work on this issue, now right. we sure to work on this issue.
0: Well, I have to say, I'm really excited to hear that there's cooperation and collaboration on all levels and in all the, the different major organizations that are working. Cause it is, it is, yeah. It's the only way to move yeah. things ahead. It's the only way to move things ahead. And to that point, the Time magazine put out a special Davos issue this month, and there's there's one article, The Optimist Playbook, where Haley Edwards interviewed Klaus Schwab, and she asked him, I think, a really important question on adoption of technology and how we prepare society for this fourth industrial revolution. And so we talked a bit about you know the need to connect also the developing world to be inclusive with the technologies, and especially artificial intelligence and machine learning as we been discussing mostly here, but it's not just about adoption, it's about adaptation. So how can we help society adopt and adapt artificial intelligence and machine learning to then advance?
1: I, I think that here, and I like to express my personal views for two things. One is adaptation means that someone as a student to accept what the teacher tells them. Oh, okay. That that is the adaptation. One mm-hmm. of the adaptations. You know, many developing countries lost opportunity for first uh, industrialization, mm-hmm. lost uh, second uh, industrialization, but they they are already come up uh, during the third industrialization. Now they want to catch up uh, the first uh, industrialization, like China. China mm-hmm. was not there for first for second, but the first third one they already come. Now for the fourth one, in this, people consider China. Now it's quite advanced in the technologies development. Yes. That is, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's not wrong, but China may not be the only one. Mm-hmm. So the huge family of uh, developing countries, they can become uh, next to China. The developing countries can, can also come up. So this kind of artificial intelligence, again, I repeat, will not be this kind of property of uh, the big guys, big industries, but uh, could also a financial idea uh, very wonderful application could come from developing countries as well. So if that were the case, the force industrialization may have different... Uh, a different uh, architecture. Uh, uh, yeah. I
0: love how you frame this because essentially adoption is the technology has been developed and now you take it. The innovation could actually come from developing countries and normally does, when when there's a problem to be solved, those that are facing the problem yes they then find their own solution because they have the greatest vested interest to do so.
1: Yeah. ITU is the oldest UN agency. Mm-hmm. The people uh, mm-hmm. often ask a uh, question, uh, what is the secret? The secret is very simple. Mm-hmm. ITU is always uh, moving with uh, industry for innovation. Mm-hmm. When you have a new innovation, new technology that we try to work with together. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that the uh, innovation is a really something nobody can stop it.
0: Well, an uh, innovation I'm hearing could happen everywhere. Everywhere. So it could happen that is what uh, my, my point as well. Yes. And
1: then you know, to try to protect uh, anybody's uh, kingdom or some kind of uh, you know success will not be a good uh, strategy. The way to keep you strong, to keep you good in the future, you really have to look at this uh, area innovation. Only innovation can can make you strong, can make you you good.
0: Innovation in in what sense? I mean, innovation for me means to constantly disrupt, to constantly find the the cutting edge of how you optimally solve a problem that you're facing, whether it's... Nothing is perfect.
1: Anything... New to right. the market you know a couple of days later you may have already find something to be improved. Uh, one year later you find that it's old technology already. So that's uh, innovation I think that is uh, absolutely bring us uh, forward and then we have to encourage that one. In ITU, I put the uh, four is: infrastructure, investment innovation and inclusiveness. Infrastructure is absolutely key for us because you don't have infrastructure sufficient to connect the people, you cannot connect people. You need to build a sufficient infrastructure, particularly extended to those areas not connected yet. If you don't have infrastructure there, they cannot be connected, simple like that. But this is the first part, it's not the only part. The infrastructure, you need to upgrade this infrastructure service qualities with innovations. Mm -hmm. And people are always looking for something better, good. But we also work very strongly with our industry for next generation like 5G, Internet of Things, Artificial Intelligence, because this will be the next step of development. Now, for infrastructure, we need investment. And here, I also highlight this message. There is a perception that ICT is always in a good business, profit-making business. Self-sustainable business, partly true, because despite of several financial crises in the past, you look everywhere that ICT business in everywhere still get developed, good business. So that is something you know we are very proud of. Of course, you should not forget that even you have these kind of things, you find that Davos, was 20 years ago. A lot of big companies here in the ICT. They're no longer here. They're bankrupt. Sponsored WEF in the past, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, they're no longer here. They're finished. So the competition is still, you know, tough, but people don't uh, really pay attention to these uh, tough competitions. Mm -hmm. And then this ICT, because it's self-sustainable, you know, telecom business seems to be always profit-making, so that we don't need to worry, so we don't care. Let them self-develop. But the reality is still 50 percent not connected yet. why? no profit for this private investment this is the So we have to create really a good to environment to attract the investment to those areas right. and also you know we need to invest in the new technologies for mm-hmm. next step. So this investment is absolutely key so infrastructure investment yes and then innovation you need innovation mm-hmm. you need a, technology innovation,
0: you need a business model in, innovation, you need a And then t- inclusivity. Inclusive
1: nobody sure left it. behind.
0: I think that's a beautiful point to end on because I really feel that that's the purpose of the discussions here, how you can create an inclusive opportunity for everyone. Beautiful Thank ahead. you so much for joining us. It really means a lot that you took time out yeah. to <laughs> speak with us. We wish you all the best in your work at ITU and connecting the There's rest the, of the planet. There's one thing I'd like to also oh, add. the uh,
1: ITU, as you Agency, we are not very good at promoting our work, so we really like to count on you and the media to help us to promote the importance of ICT for the social economic development. Yes. As, as our secretary general Pepp, uh, mentioned to me, and I convey this to my family of ITU, that yes. the ICT is a very useful tool to help us to achieve all every single and all SDGs. Which means without ICT, none of the SDG could be achieved successfully. So that is true, absolutely true. Uh, but Brilliant. then we still have to, to pay attention to support ICT business.
0: Well, then what I can do is invite our, our listeners to go online yeah. and look up ITU's Global Good Summit for AI. The program was really impressive, like you said. But just to even look at the program, the, the quality of people are there, the conversations that were had on ethics and opportunities for scaling action Advancing the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, it really was quite a dynamic space. So really thank you for coming and joining us, Mr. Zhao. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Appreciate your time. Have a great day.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. Have a beautiful day.